Uh, we're back. This is Kayak Fishing Radio, and it's time for Yak Fish in Texas with your hosts, Jaron Wassel and Andrew Moxagimba. Join the conversation at kayakfishingradio.com or call the guys up at 714-816-4727. Now, it's time for Yak Fishing Texas. Here are your hosts, Jaron and Andrew. Tuesday night on Kayak Fishing Radio. I am your host, Jaron Wassel, and this is Yak Fish in Texas. I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Moxagimba, and we are back after a week sabbatical. Uh, had a little bit of business to attend to, but we'll get back to things as normal. So uh, to anybody who is out there, if you'd like to call in this evening, uh, fishing report, anything going on in the local area, kayak fishing related, or heroes on the water related, uh, please feel free to call in. Uh, phone number is 714-816-4727. Uh, we'll bring you in and uh, we'll, get some, uh, we'll get your report and talk to you for a little bit. But uh, other than that, uh, so how's it been, Andrew? How's the week off for you? That was great. You know, went, went to a concert. Had nothing to do with kayaking or fishing or, fishing or kayaking at all. So, so in other words, another typical week for you. No, the week before we fished. Just <laughs> not from a kayak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did get a little bit of fishing in. Got a little bit of freshwater fishing in. Got some bass. Uh, got some bass action using some jerk baits over in some local area ponds, which is always fun just to kind of knock off the rust. So, uh, you know, it's fun. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I hadn't had a chance to go down and test out the. The waters here lately. I'm planning on going, you know, probably this weekend while we're while I'm in town for the the demo days in Houston this weekend. I'll probably bring a probably bring a boat down and go fish some of the area lakes and see if the spawn action is going on in some of those the larger neighborhood lakes. Because that one that's over by my parents in Cinco Ranch and Katy, that's about a mile and a half around. So it's a pretty good impoundment. But yeah, just bring your paddle. <laughs> Yeah, that's no kidding, man. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I load up my yeah, because I load up my kayak Friday with intentions of going fishing Saturday and left all my paddles at the store. So it was a winning weekend for me. Yeah. So you could you could have used one of those nice little backwater assault paddles. Yeah, or a broom. It was like or a broom. just like tying two brooms together. 
anything that would propel the kayak forward. Yeah, I was just desperate to get on the water than complete failure. Well, uh, the weather has been pretty. The weather's been pretty nice here lately. I can't complain. You know, we're getting back into the whole spring routine of things. Uh, we've got got 80 degree temps here in Austin, and I have been watching some of the guys post some fishing reports up on Facebook, and it has been ridiculous. Uh, there is a guy I'm friends with on Facebook today, or uh, generally who's posting today live from on the water. And I've never met him before, but he's a friend of Ryan McDermott's. We've had on the show quite a bit. Um, this guy is, I think his name is Chris Soufal, uh, but he posted some, pic- uh, some pictures today that he was fishing out on Lake Fayetteville, which is kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a power plant lake halfway in between Austin and Houston over in Fayette County. Uh, an amazing fishery. It's, you know, it's, not for huge, huge, huge fish, but consistent, solid numbers all across the board. I mean, it's nothing to go out there and consistently catch four to six pound fish. It's pretty impressive. But this guy was on fire today, Andrew. I mean, it's like every single time I checked, he's he's got another fish laying in the hot trough, you know, pushing over 22, 23 inches. And he said, like, at one point, his combined five fish stringer probably if he were to take the best five it would have been about 104 inches that's pretty solid man I mean those are some absolute toads he was hauling out of there and consistently and he burned through four bags of plastic so it was Rio uh, I think they're Rio Grande or uh, Grande bait I, I don't, I've never heard of them before but they were uh, he was using uh, he was using their baits and he went through four packs of worms, ten worms a pop, and he was double using worms. And he, he was posting he, that all day today. Yeah, dude. I mean, live from the boat. It was it was heart wrenching to watch all of that. It was one after another after another. I mean, the guy was just on fire. He even took. <laughs> He even took time to take a photo of his fish finder screen. Of course, not showing any GPS coordinates or whatnot. Smart on his behalf, absolutely. Because <laughs> I know if I saw him, I'd be writing him down. But he uh, he was he was on some fish, man. I even got to a point where he was taking the fish or the the baits and rigging them backwards just to rehook the bait, just to get a good one again. So when the when all the pieces fall in line. And, uh, you know, you get onto him like that, shoot, man, you might as well sit there and stay. And he was fishing in 25-mile-an-hour winds. Facebook, did you, see, did you see that post a guy made where he had nine overslot reds in the bed of his truck? This past, I think it was this past week. I didn't see it. Was it, a, was it a bigger guy standing there taking a photo? Yeah, and then... Um, Supposedly, Texas Parks and Wildlife got the photo and his license plate and got him a citation. Yeah, I, I think I did see that. That was reported a while back. Uh, some of the guys, they posted up on the Texas Kayak Fisherman uh, Facebook page, and, man, it, it lit up like the 4th of July. There were guys coming out of the woodwork trying to, you know, find out who this guy was. I mean, seriously, you're allowed to keep three redfish in Texas, you know, 20 to 28 inches, you get a redfish tag for an oversize. Personally, I don't know why in the world you would 
ever keep an oversized red. They're, it, in my opinion, it's, it's no good I mean, at all to eat. But then to be ballsy about it and post a photo that you kept nine reds easily all over 35 inches of pop, that's just, I don't even think it's ballsy. It's just plain stupid. I don't I, I, I'm, I'm thankful TPWD got a hold of him. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he was just that stupid that did, I mean, saying that he didn't realize because, I mean, you get the handbook when you get your license. That's, <laughs> that's just plain dumb. Yeah, I completely agree, like man. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then to post it on a public social media outlet like Facebook with over a billion users, you didn't think anybody but just your friends list was going to see that? I don't think so. I mean, it's, that's just viral marketing. That's all that is. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I had like half a dozen friends like repost it over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, and I mean that's how these guys who you know, they they think that they're you know, they're just gonna get away with this stuff and they post it all over the place thinking that no one's gonna see them. That's all it is. Your friends share it, everybody else starts seeing it, and then next thing you know, game warden knock on your front door and you're screwed. And it's just all I mean you might as well just go ahead and hand them your checkbook, your fishing rods, everything, because they've got the right to take it all. And r- rightfully so in that case. That guy should have everything he's got fishing-wise confiscated. It's, it's, people right. like that who, it's people like that who ruin our fishery and take away all of our rights as anglers uh, as we stand. I mean, that's why they start cramping down on everything. We start losing little pieces here and there. It's just It's mainly people like that. You know, they just don't have any common sense what about them. So, good. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad he got fined. You should get fined, then they should take all your fishing gear, and you should be, like, punished for two years. It's Absolutely. totally off topic, but, like, it's equivalent to me. If you get in an accident in rush hour on a major highway, you should not be allowed to drive on a highway for two years because you're just right. paying everybody else. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, man. Uh so he got busted, and I'm 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 you know I'm done with it. You know, it, and there's there's resources out there for us, the conscious anglers and the conscious outdoors people, to report these to Texas Parks and Wildlife. One eight hundred. I mean, you can go. At, I'm trying to think of the phone number, but it's Operation Game Thief. And so whatever you find out there, you know someone's breaking the rules. Go ahead and. Call it up. You're not being a tattletale. You're not being a snitch. Nothing like that. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and call them up. Call them up. Knock a knock it out of the park. Get the warden's attention. Get them down there so they can reprimand these people. And we don't have any more laws and regulations being passed down on us that restrict our fishing or outdoor rights. You know that's that's a big thing to me. It's it's, it's like whenever you see people walking down, you know, like where I'm fishing at in the river down here in Austin. People leaving trash all over the place. It's all up and down. I mean, shoot, dude, I called a game warden right there for trash. I've seen, and they've come down. They've come down, and they saw the trash, and they start writing people tickets. I could pick up trash all day long, and it wouldn't even put a dent in what I find down there. When I drop my lure to unhook a fish, my, I go to pick my lure back up, and it's tangled in more fishing line that's embedded into the ground than I could ever imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Respect the area that you're fishing. Respect the resource. 
That's all you got to do. But some people can't even follow that. So the heck with them, man. You get busted, you get busted. I have. I don't feel sorry for you one bit. No, absolutely not. But anyways, let's move off that topic. Uh, now, Chip had uh, Bill Bragman on last week uh, with a very interesting topic. And I figured we'd touch on it for a little bit here, too, even though probably everybody's seen the news, they've seen the press releases, they've seen all the major publications post something about it on some form of social media. But the Vikings are coming. Uh, Viking Kayak is going to be distributed by Yat Gear based out of Houston, Texas. Um, It's a pretty exciting boat. It's very unique in the fact that it carries a lot of the same lines that a lot of the older paddling kayaks that we had here in the States used to carry. And it's a true paddler's boat. Uh, You know, there's a lot of paddler's boats, you know, that I wouldn't say a lot. There's still quite a few on the market. Uh, You can get into, like, the Tarpons. You know, that's another great paddling boat. You're gonna, you're seeing, uh, you know, like the Ocean Kayak Trident series. That's a good paddling boat too. But you know, the natural progression of the marketplace has been to evolve kayaks into more of a fishing platform than, say, a paddling platform. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who they don't, you know, quite a few that I know that they really don't care about hull speed or glide or anything like that. They, uh, they're guys that are transitioning from power boats or they've never even been in the kayak. They want something that's going to be stable, and usually stable means wide. So they're going to be getting into these larger platforms to go fish off of. And, you know, so that's, that's naturally what you're seeing the market progress to. I don't have anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, I really don't. And, it, you know, it's each his own. Uh, but I do like to see that there is still some boats out there that, align themselves with the the paddler slash fishermen. You know, they're they're both. They like a good paddling boat because it's easy going through the water and it still offers all the amenities that a fishing kayak should. Uh, Viking does that very well. And I'm really curious to see what the response is going to be when they hit. And I think that they should be arriving uh, end of April, early May. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. Um, I mean, you kind of touch on what you're saying, too. I mean, like, you know, the traditional kayaks, the traditional paddling kayaks first that we used to fish out of, you know, they kind of made like a sharp right turn a few years back to become more aligned with for a boater, to make your boater more comfortable in uh, paddling. And it seems like in New Zealand, with the Ultra, the Ocean Kayak Ultra 4.7, the 4.3, and these Vikings, I mean, they, they took the traditional paddling kayak and just honed it to be, a, you know, keeping those lines but made it more accessible for a fisherman instead of just completely changing the dynamic of the entire kayak. So this is, I mean, to me, it's like this boat, some of the other boats that are out there, this is a kayak fisherman's kayak, not you know, necessarily a crossover boat. Yeah, no, yeah, but absolutely. I mean, you know, you think about it now, the, these boats, uh specifically like the reload, because there's going to be two versions. You're going to have the ProFish reload, and you're going to have the ProFish 400. Uh, ProFish reload is going to be more your traditional, you know, long lines. Uh, it's going to be handling large bodies of water, swells, a lot more so like the, uh, the New Zealand 
base or uh, originated Ultra 4.7 from Ocean Kayak was. It's going to handle that ocean swell very well due to the increased rocker, a lot of bow flare. I mean, you're going to have a lot of those things incorporated into that boat to help it tackle that kind of that uh, that body of water. But it's still going to be a great multi-purpose boat. So, I mean, the reload itself. I mean, what is it? So it's a 14 and a shy of 14 and a half feet, and you're looking at about 60, 63 pounds. Yeah, 63 pounds, I think, with a rudder, it's right at 15 foot. Yeah, so, man, that's insane. At almost at 50, I mean, practically at 15 feet, and you're sub-70 pounds. Uh, I don't, you don't see that anymore, unfortunately. You just don't see that weight anymore. You, you, you'll get in here and there, but you just don't, and that just makes it so much nicer when you go back to the, the launch and you can load up the boat, and it's, you know, you're not super tired from having the, lifts up a really heavy kayak, I mean, you're still lifting 65 pounds, but still, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, like, just think about us there when we went to Florida having to carry our boats. We carried oh, them over with yeah. sand dude and a pier. Got that. I mean, that was, that was a little rough. Ruthless. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ruthless. I mean, you, you've got, you've got, so you've got the reload coming in, and it's going to tackle... Uh, pretty much like the 4.7 does. And then you're going to have the 400. And the 400 is a unique beast all on its own in the fact that it, it can still handle the big ocean swells. And but at the same time, it still offers 31 inches in width. So this is where it's going to be. Uh, now, I haven't had any seat time in this one, but just looking at it, I can pretty much kind of base an assumption off of it. Uh, you're going to have a pretty decent paddling boat, but it's going to be 31 inches. That still offers you a little bit of width. The floor, uh, the flat deck, that's a nice standing point. So it's going to cater towards the guys who are buying, like, rides. They're buying uh, big tunas. They're buying the big games. It's going to be – it's probably going to fall more into that kind of line. So it should be pretty interesting to see the, the Vikings take off, and we'll have those down in our demo days this weekend. Uh, we'll have the ProFish 400 at the Austin demo, and then we'll have the Reload at the uh, Spring demo location. So anybody who wants to come out and try uh, a Viking boat, definitely come on out and give it a whirl. I think, you'll be, I think you'll be impressed. I've had the Reload out before, and it paddles very well. And it, it stood tit for tat, paddle stroke to paddle stroke, with my Ultra 4.7 uh, when I was paddling. So... It's a, it's no slouch, that's for sure. Yeah, and, you know, we kind of missed on, like, probably one of the features that everyone's always asked for, you know, with the um, the ocean kayaks with the, the mod pod in the center and the ultra, the that storage pod. The fact on the Viking that has that large pod for storage, but it comes out. You can just take the whole thing out and drop a flat deck in. Then for the guys that always say, you know, my calves are too big, it's too tight. I mean, you can just have a flat deck in the boat. And right. That's that's cool. I mean, that's something that that makes that yeah. boat extremely unique. I agree. Loading uh, loading a boat is is <laughs> or you know getting it ready to go fish that time or whenever you're getting back to the car and packing up to go home, loading just becomes that much easier. You just pull the tackle pot out instead of having. I mean, that if you think about it, if you do it just right, you won't even need a milk crate anymore. 
Yeah. You can you can add what is it on the reload? You can add four flush rod holders along the back ridge of the seat. Uh, I think it's the same way with the Profish 400. So there's four rods with you. Now I know there's some guys out there who like to take a lot more rods. I know bass fishermen are much more prone to take anywhere from four to seven rods. I mean it's just the nature of the beast. But four rods you can take with you. Put all of your tackle in the center, uh, the center storage pod. And the same thing, you can put your fish finder on that pod, run the transducer down through it, encapsulate the battery on the inside to keep it from getting wet. So, I mean, you've got an all-purpose unit right there that is, as soon as you get to the, the launch, throw the boat on the ground, launch it off the, the water, drop the pod in, you're done. You're absolutely done. You don't have anything left to load or any, anything along those lines, which, I, you know, for a long time, the, you know, Jackson came out with that really nice seat, and then everybody switched over to that style of seating because everybody just raved about it, and, I, and rightfully so. Comfortable seats, I mean, they've come so much further from whenever we first started paddling, Andrew. I mean, it's ridiculous to even look at it. But now, now you go ahead... And, uh, you know, you go ahead and move a little bit forward, and it looks like the next natural progression, if this catches off, could be tackle management, you know, incorporated into the kayak, all in one unit, where, you know, you just throw something on the kayak and it's done. You don't really have to take a lot of uh, adding pieces. I I hope it goes that way. No, that's always the biggest pain, gathering all your gear together getting it to the water, then getting it set up on the boat, and then going. I mean, the fact you can just – that's why the black pack, the Mac Attack, is awesome because, you know, you keep all your gear in it, you drop it in the back of the boat, and it's, you know, a safe storage instead of a milk crate. This is going to serve the same thing in the center of that B-load. So, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I hope that's the way it's going for all manufacturers. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you take all of these these key features that are coming out, and throw them all into a boat. It'll, it'll be interesting to see the very first boat who tries to maybe encapsulate all of that. Because, I mean, just imagine the reload with, like, a hung web seat, like a Jackson seat stuck into it, or, a, or say, like a ride seat or something like that. Uh, dude, you know, you, you've got an amazing combination right there. All right. I, I'd paddle it. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I wouldn't shy away from it. But no, that's for sure. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I really want to see the people's uh, reaction to it. And they've got some pretty cool accessories. So the Jackson, or not, sorry, not the Jackson, the uh, the Viking kayak, it's going to have something much like the Ultra Series from Ocean Kayak, and it's going to have a an optional cooler that can go into the back called the Chill Pod. And the Chill Pod goes into either boat. It's not boat-specific for Viking. So you drop it in, and instead of the Chill Pod you don't have to worry about opening from left to right as you do with the ice box. The chill pod, you just slide it up. And it looks like it, it looks like whenever you turn around to open it, it could be a lot easier on the paddler, you know, not throwing weight off to one side of the boat or anything like that. Just slide it up, toss in your catch. And they were showing some big snapper going in these things from uh, over in New Zealand. So it will carry some fish. Absolutely. And another thing, too, I could really see someone turning that into a live well. Imagine it like a tournament live well for bass or redfish or something like that. 
Yeah, that seems like a lot easier conversion on that on that particular pod versus the ice box. The ice box, the ice box, such low profile that I, I mean, I've talked, I've seen guys talking about putting like oxygen tanks on top of it and trying to maintain it that way. But that you could almost convert like a live well from Hobie with you know a through the scuffer type freshwater system. Absolutely, pretty easily. Oh sure, dude. I mean, you could easily modify it to do that way. I mean, it's just popping a couple holes, knowing where you need to seal, throwing some strainers on it and knowing where your overflow is going to be. I mean, really, that's all it is. And that's what we need to do. We need Oxygen. to have somebody buy one so we can drill holes in somebody else's. Try it. And if it works, you know, if we buy one, we'll do it for ours. How about, we just, go over to, first. How, how about we just go over to Yak Gear, borrow bills, tell them that we're going to go fishing, and then we come back with a failed live well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't. I don't think he'll mind. It was all for the sake of science. Well, tell yeah, him. Look, this is, you, this is what you can't do. So I don't recommend you try. Nah, it'll right. it'll be cool. That so they'll have that accessory. Then you know, and then they'll also have the removable pods as well. So just go ahead. You can pop the pod out like the tackle pod, and say you want to take your kid with you in the reload. You can drop in a flat deck pod, which gives you a really flat deck surface. So you don't have a lot of clutter, but it's got a formed-in kid seat as well. So you can take a small paddler with you. Uh, granted, they'll be turned around, but that's kind of nice. They, you're facing them. They can turn around whichever way they want, but all, and then you know, always recommend the PFD on those kids. But, uh, yeah, you can absolutely go ahead and uh, throw the kid in the boat, take them paddling with you. And then in the ProFish 400, you can get the tackle pod but it won't come with its stock. You'll go ahead and you'll get a clear, almost like a plexiglass cover that goes over the top of that well so you can see inside. Uh, you know where everything's stored. It straps down with bungees, or you take it off and throw in an optional tackle pod. Uh, pretty cool. It'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting switch up from the reload. So, But I, just, I like the fact that these boats are following those. I'm a... I'm a I'm a paddler and a fisherman. I, I love to fish, uh, thoroughly love to fish. But at the same time, I do enjoy a good paddling boat. And, you know, it's, this will be another one I can add to the, the file cabinet of, you know, boats that I really like to go out and paddle a long distance. You know, tarpon 160s, that's, check that off the point. You know, Viking kayak, the reload, I really enjoy it. My ultra I like seeing those boats come along. You know, and it's real rep- reminiscent of like the old scupper days, the Prowler 13, Prowler 15 days. Uh, it's 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 nice to see a new little injection and of new blood. You know, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, you talk about like the, the old the old kayaks. I mean, the, I mean you, to this day, you still talk about best paddling kayaks, spawn top kayaks. You know, you talk about the old tarpon 16s. You talk, then you said the Scuffer Pro, the Trident, not the Trident, but the old Prowler 15. Yeah. And it's funny how many people still flock to those boats because there's just, there's maybe two or three options on the market right now. Yeah. The new kayak. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, but I'll tell you, I do like, I, and on that, on the, on another note, I, I really do enjoy the fishing machines that are out now, though. I mean, they all have their place. If I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go bass fishing. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I do like the you know, like say that guy that was fishing in 25 mile an hour winds today. 
I do want a boat that's going to easily punch through that wind, get me out to a spot. But at the same time, I'm going to have a big trade-off when I get out there. You know, I want to have a, I want to have a big, broad uh, platform I can stand in and really launch a, a crankbait farther so I can get it down deeper. Uh, I mean, it, there's a lot of advantages to the big boats, too. So they, they all have their place. I, 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 I just like them all. I just like the fact that we're getting another arrow for the quiver. That's, that's the key right there is keeping the variety fresh. So... Right. I mean, it's all about options. I mean, you, you have to look at kayaks not by personal preference, by, you know, it's a tool. You know, it depends on what you're Absolutely. trying to do. And if you look at them that way, that, that's exactly what they are. And, and you and I are spoiled. I mean, we can have our personal preference, but if we're going to go someplace where we want to stand and fish, well, we just stop by a store and pick up a Diablo. We go pick up a Pro Angler or, you know, the Native Slayer Propeller. I mean, Moking for oh, there's so many options. You and I can just go grab whatever we want, right? And um, so we're kind of jaded in that way a little bit. So. <laughs> it's it's a good problem. Yeah, it's a great That's problem. What you call it. <laughs> or a, or a you problem, as you like to call it. It is a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, but yeah, so we'll just kind of shift gears a little, but to touch another note that we're going to be at. So, so we've got demo days and you're going to start seeing that across the country now with the, with spring kicking into gear. Uh, demos are going to be kicking off all over the place. Basically every paddle shop that's worth its salt is going to have demo events. And I couldn't stress the importance of demos I know, hard enough. There, to me, for the for a paddler who's looking, or for someone who's looking into getting into paddling, there is not a more important event than a demo day, because you can go to shops all over the place and rent boats and pay money to rent these boats, and but you can only take one out at a time. I mean, you can you can take multiples with you and pay all the extra money for the extra boats, but you can only take one at a time and then have to go back, pack up, load, unload another boat, and go. This, man, like, you know, like for ours, for example, we're going to have over 80 boats on the edge of a lake, and if you come down the water and you're wanting to say you want to paddle, uh, you, know, you want to try some of the new fishing platforms, where else can you go and take a ride 135 out, then immediately come back and jump into a big game two, go out, come back and, oh, I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go into a pedal boat and get a pro angler, go out right after that. There's no other way you can do that except for a demo. And it creates one of the best environments for knowledge learning that I've ever, I've ever experienced. I, it's, 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 it's easy to talk to all the manufacturer reps who are out there. They can give you one-on-one -on -one time. They can talk to you about the intricacies of each model that are in that particular uh, brand lineup. So, I mean, and it's it just ample seat time. And most of the time, you know as well as I do, most time, Mother Nature doesn't cooperate with the event. <laughs> it's, no. You're going you're gonna to experience wind, sometimes hurricane force, it seems like. Uh, and you get to put these boats through their paces, and it and usually the water body is large enough that you can do it. And you know, in in where we do it at the for the Houston demo, 
it's wide open. I mean, the wind can whip right through there. We've seen people get blown all the way across the lake. They can't get back. They quickly learn what they like in a boat, what they don't like in a boat, or what they can or cannot handle. Yeah, and we've always told people, too, if the weather's bad, I mean, it's harder on the employees. That's probably the best demo as a paddler to get out because you'd experience the worst of the boat. You don't want to go out when yeah. it's flat and it's a nice day because that shows you nothing. You need to right. you and, want to get out when the weather's terrible. Well, and along that point, how many trips that you take where the weather is perfect? None. Well, me, you're, you're we not going. Say none. <laughs> yeah, we can we we can easily say that every trip that we take is terrible because of the wind and everything. And you know, we're the greatest example of how to not plan a trip. But, you know, people that come out to demo and they experience high winds, moderate winds, uh, anything like that is, you know, that, that has got to be one of the best experiences ever. And, you know, and I always encourage people when they come out to events, when you get in a boat and you take it out, don't just paddle to a point and come back. You know, you'll, you'll kind of get a feel for what the boat has, you know, has to offer for you, but go out paddle that thing, put a good amount, I mean, put 10, 15 minutes paddling in that boat, but while you're out on the water, just don't paddle, though. You know, test the boat's secondary stability. Lean over. And, you know, I'll tell people before the event, too, dress accordingly for the event. You don't want to show up. I mean, I always see people come out in jeans. I mean, we've seen guys come out in slacks or khakis. I don't know what they're thinking because uh, it's a water event. But, you know, wear, wear clothing that is going to fit that day because you are you are going to be in the water. It's going to happen. So basically, go out in that boat, take it out, tell the customer, you know, or I'll tell the customer, lean it over. See how far, you know, you're comfortable in that boat leaning over or turning around to get something out of the back. And, and then, you know, I did it last uh, demo, and I had, I had multiple people come up and ask me how to do it afterwards, and they wanted me to take them out and show them this, Flip the boat over. Fall out. How easy can you get back in? How easy can you flip that boat back over? You know, that, that's a huge thing. And there's a lot of boats out there that it's, it's extremely hard for some people to flip or right the ship. So, you know, that's another thing I tell people to do. Practice your watery entry while you're out there. The boats are out there meant for you to, you know, put them through their paces. So do it. You do everything you can on that boat. Try paddles. I mean, there's whether it's one of our demos or somebody, anybody's demo. If you have, you know, if you're looking at a boat and there's options on paddles, try different paddles. You'd be surprised how much the paddle changes the way a kayak performs. Everyone assumes that it's just the boat. Well, no, the the paddle is your motor. So if you're going out and paddling a kayak, you're not that impressed with the way it paddles, but you're using a really low end paddle. If they have another one there, go grab a nice paddle. It might change the way you think that that kayak actually performs on the water. Right. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it, too. I agree. Uh, you know, having the ability, you know, to have multiple paddle uh, paddles from different manufacturers available, you can jump and take, say, like the, the, the Angler Ace paddle out from Bending Branches, or uh, you can, you know, try it out for a little bit, then come back, try the same boat with, say, like a Werner Callista or something like along those lines. I mean, you've got the ability. And then you can even go over there and take out an Adventure Technology paddle 
uh, say like the Fish Fix or one of their uh, upper end carbon models and try it out and just see what fits you most. I mean, there's, it's just like a kayak. You can try out all those paddles and find what suits you best. You know, there's, there's always going to be people who like certain paddles better because it fits their hands better, you know, or something along those lines. Try different, uh, try different boats, try different paddles. Most of the time you'll have uh, a basic PFD out there for you guys to try, but sometimes they'll have upgraded ones. You know, when you go out to a demo event, ask the people who are running it. Do you guys have any upper-end life jackets, like fishing-style jackets I can try while I'm sitting in a boat? You know, fit, fit what you're doing to the situation, and, you know, you should be good to go. Right. So, I'm hoping we got a little bit more wind uh, this year because I want to uh, – well, we're at that, we're at that really uh, – we're at that really secluded lake for North Houston, aren't we? Yeah, we are. It's going to be very hard to get any wind in there unless we have a tornado drop like directly on the lake. <laughs> yeah, we can always just hope there's wind from the train passing by on the on the far north end. That's true. But, That's very true. But we can uh, – I would like to possibly, when we go to the, the Houston event uh, – I want to try out one of I, – I just recently picked up one of the wind paddle sails. I want to take it out and try it on a boat because I've watched some videos of some guys taking them out, and they uh, – those guys can tack and everything in the wind with the wind paddle. I'm gonna, if I can – if I can – if I get enough wind to use it, I want to try it offshore this year. That would be cool. You know, what's something I want to do at demo, which we have an opportunity, have an opportunity to do in quite some time – for those people listening that obviously can't see us, but they don't realize is Jaron is a lot smaller than he used to be. <laughs> Thanks. Jaren, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm calling me. You're you're a smaller man than what you once were. I've on the other hand, I'm still a large person. <laughs> but uh, in, in our day in the store, we used to go and stand in some of these kayaks, and you know, may stand up paddleboard, and somebody on the show used to fall off. But now he stands in tank wells and all types of cool stuff on video. I challenge you, sir, we're going to go out demo day in spring and see who can stand in the narrowest, dumbest possible kayak and see how far we can paddle across. I mean, right now I think I'm still a little bit ahead by paddling the, um, the Vector 14 standing up in it, which is you know, 27 and a half inches wide. So I challenge you. And then we'll come back. And we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll talk about it. See who falls in and who hurts themselves first. I'm gonna formally throw down the gauntlet right now, and I want to have a frenzy standoff. Perfect. Well, I've done a Venus. I've done the ladies kayak. I stood in the ladies kayak. Now I fell off. I stood for you also, a few moments. You also you also sunk a boat. That was a child's kayak. You don't hold that again. <laughs> They got a 90-pound capacity. I was about 100. Uh, my that, was your right, that, that, was your, that was your right leg. That was awesome. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I did a sit-inside child's kayak. I think it made two paddle strokes, and then it just sunk to the bottom with me in it. Well, I'm also looking forward to seeing – I know some of the uh, – this is going to be kind of interesting. There's – 
the Houston or uh, was it the Texas Island Club or the Houston Island Club? I can't remember which one it is. It's the Hobie Adventure Island uh, Islander Sailing Club that we that's that's now generally formed in the the Houston area, who really comprises most of the the group members. I know some of the guys are going to bring their kayaks out and show them fully rigged. Uh, now you want to talk about a boat that's starting to take off as a fishing kayak. I couldn't find one more than it. I mean, and in my opinion, it was never really based that way. It's all of a sudden just transformed into one. And it, it has a lot to do with YouTube, in my opinion. Yeah, YouTube. I mean, there's two guys that, you know, that were customers of ours when you were still at the store in Houston that started a little club that, you know, wasn't really supported by anybody. I mean, we, we support them just because, you know, they're customers and they're, introducing this idea to more people. But, I mean, they went as far as to change the marketing plan of Hobie last year to consider these as fishing kayaks, which that's crazy. And now, I mean, you see them all over the place. You see them being yep. used as, you know, for offshore fishing, inshore, the, the rigging possibilities on them. Um, and, and, yeah, that club is mostly Houston-based, but it's um, – Gulf, Texas Gulf Coast Island Club, but now I look at the membership one. I mean, we have people in, in Mississippi, people in Louisiana. Um, it's it's nuts. We put a, um, I helped them set up the website, and after um, two weeks, we had 150 members. So it's just unbelievable how many people have those boats. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see, um, you know, us taking them out offshore this year. I mean, I fished from the Tandem Island offshore, and, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for a more suitable rig for that. I mean, it's, it's super wide. You're, you're never really going to flip that unless you know you're just insane. Uh, but it's going, to be, it's going to be fun to take it out because, you know, We've got the Tandem Island and the Adventure to be able to take them out, the Adventure Solo. We'll be taking those offshore this year. And just uh, the rigging options for it that I've seen have been, have been limitless. Uh, I mean, you've got, you know, the Railblazer rail mounts. Uh, you can sit there and put them all on the Aka arms. You've got multiple rod holders all over the place. You know, depth finder mounts that you can mount. Um, there's... There's even a lot of, like, the homemade stuff, and that's where I think I'm most impressed with the rigging of those boats. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of guys that homemade rig any kayak that's out there, but I've never seen anybody go out there and actually do more home mods to a kayak than with the Adventure Islands. It is absolutely insane. I mean, Hobie offers the trampolines for the, uh, for the boats, which are really awesome, 250 pounds of capacity. I mean, you can pretty much put whatever you want up there up to, you know, large adults, but now there's guys out there and they're building hakas uh, out of wood planks, and they're going as far as even lacquering the wood planks. Uh, that way you can go out and sit out on the hakas and increase the weight capacity that, you know, those supports out there can hold. I mean, it is unreal. I mean, there's, there's a multitude of other things, too. Uh, you go look on YouTube, there's a guy... Uh, I'm not going to say his YouTube name on here because there could be young ears listening, but he's made spray guards for the front of the boat and a working jib. <laughs> right. uh, 
I don't I don't know what else to even say about that. I, I mean, you don't you don't see anybody else building stuff like that for for other kayaks that are out on the market. You just don't see that. Well, it, turn, it, it takes us back to where we were, like you know, kind of towards the beginning of the show. It takes us back to before there were kayak accessory companies, when everyone was having to steal make milk crates and cut PVC pipe and make you know you know their accessories themselves. Well, that's what they're doing on this, except. You're talking about a, a massive platform that they can just go crazy with. Absolutely. We had, a, we, had a, we had a guy that came in, and he spent over a grand on just rod holder mounts. And, of course, right. I mean, we didn't stop him, but we were just going, man, that is nuts. <laughs> no, I, you know, and I've, I've actually seen – this was a really cool mob that I saw. There was a guy that did a – it's kind of like a, a small – it's a small trip. I say small. In the grand scheme of things, it, it's a body of water. It, it is large. But uh, he went across a very large bay system in the Adventure Highland, and he fished the entire way. But when it came nightfall, he was still out in the water. He would drop the sail, mount it to the Aka arms laying down, and then he had a tent stored inside the boat. And platform materials that he built out a platform between the, the outriggers, put his, he put his tent on top of the platform and slept with the boat anchored in the middle of this bay whatever system that he was in. You want to talk about radical? That's what I'm talking right. about. I, you can spend the night at a rig. No, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of you know, draw the line there. I, there's no way I'm sleeping out on a kayak in the middle of the... No. Dude. But, I mean, no, that's crazy. <laughs> you, you know you try it. The crazy, the, the crazy in you, the crazy in you would come out. You would do it. No, I would want to, I'd want to try it, but let's, let's be honest. We would say we're going to go do that, and then it's going to be five foot seas. <laughs> and then it's going to Perfect. Rain. <laughs> Perfect. We gotta put it through. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it through its paces, and I'll take an inflatable tent and not read the instructions, and it's just going to be a horrible experience. Yeah. Well, I, what I what I what I think I like about the the island the most for that style of fishing is the actual reach that you get, in, you know, as far as fishing grounds. That is, you start touching waters that regular paddlers really just can't, they can't touch. I mean, you know, Efren and those guys, they went out and they took those things out. They went out to the, to the out, like, I think that they call it, like, the the Outer Bank area out of Galveston. And you went out, or he went out 11 and a half miles. I mean, that's water that a normal paddler will never touch. And you can get out there in a relatively short amount of time. So... You know, you just go ahead, jump on the kayak, mount up, and let the wind take you where you need to go. And you're going to go out there, and you, you can target different species that way. I mean, you're going to get into, well, I mean, some of the, you, you can target some of the stuff that you can closer to shore, but it's going to be a lot larger. Usually, I mean, the larger snapper out there, yes, you can catch larger snapper close to shore, but most of them you can find a lot bigger offshore. But 11 miles, I mean, depending on what fishery you're in, Florida, 11 miles, shoot, dude, that probably puts you in several hundred feet of water. Now you're, now you're, in, now you're in tuna territory. Now you're in marlin territory. So why, I mean, why not? You know, 
Mr. Fine, he's in the chat room right now. He could probably attest that if he could just go a little bit farther offshore, not that he needed to because of all the fish that he's caught, but if he could have gone a little bit farther out, what would he would have gotten into? That boat allows you that opportunity to do so. So we shall see. Uh, this, this coming summer will be interesting, especially when we go down and fish the Blue Water Classic, you know, around the, I think it's the October time frame. Is it October or September? I'm pretty sure it's October. It's always around my, my little girl's birthday. Everything's all in September or in October this year. I'm going to be busy that month. Lauren's going to hate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> August. Apparently we've been corrected. It's August. Fantastic. Thank you, Carlos. You're yeah. our true friend. <laughs> yeah, see, in like Flint. Now we can actually go take the TI down there. We'll go and uh, we'll mop up. Or we'll just pull a typical trip and not catch anything whenever you're around. <laughs> Maybe take Travis. He can catch another sailfish. Or you can bring your corky. You can catch something. There from you the, go. The TI yeah. with your corky. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, That's man, I'm looking, monster gap I'm looking forward to this. You would. But, yeah, it'll be fun. That'll be a good boat to take out. And and then uh, by the end of the year, we'll have a lot more other models that'll be out on the market, too, that we'll be able to try. I'm really interested in seeing the continued evolution of the off, the wilderness offshore boat. Uh, and I had just found this out recently, and this was just via kayak fishing magazine online or anything like that. There's two models to that boat. There's two sizes. There's a 15-and-a-half-foot and then there's a 14-foot. So I'm really curious what the differentiation is going to be in those two models. Is, is, you know, is it just length? You know, naturally it's going to shed some weight because it's less material, but what's going to be, you know, the key features that are going to be left off one or gained on the other? That, that's, that's something I'm curious about. And I'm also curious about what in the world goes in that big, massive front hatch. <laughs> it's got to be, other than a Malibu kayak, it's got to be the largest front hatch in a kayak that I, would, I have ever seen. Well, I have to agree with you. Yeah, it looks nuts. Yeah. It looks I mean, it's, there's really nothing out there that rivals it except for the gator hatch on a Malibu kayak. There's nothing. Right. So I'm, is, or, I mean, is it... The original Mokin 13, that, that fuel-free Mokin 13, yeah. that first one that we got in. The one that lived opens like a casket? Absolutely. Yeah. Huge hatch, tons of storage opportunity in that old Mokin. That was amazing. Uh, nah, but, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Does that access the inside of the boat? Is is it enclosed? Uh, you know, is there... Is, if it is enclosed, is there drainage? What kind of seal are we looking at? I mean, there, I, there, I've seen all over people reporting that if one guy said, if you wanted to store rods in this boat, you have the ability to do so. And I, for all the pictures that I see, I can't find where you would do that. And it's, it's got to be the front hatch, or if they've got something else up their sleeve uh, that, you know, just camera angles or they've made a slight hull modification since those photos were taken. I don't know, but I mean, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this boat. It, I'm really intrigued by the fact that, that uh, 
that Wilderness Systems is putting into this out. Because typically, I mean, you, you look at their lineup, and they're not really known for big water boats. You know, if you really look, you know, exclude sea kayaks. But they're really not known for, like, the large tackling surf style boats. They're known for flat water and then also for, like, the ride series and, uh, you know, that whole gamut. But this will be, be a kind of cool foray into that, that particular market. And I keep seeing leaked photos. And it's it's really really something to, to see. I guess I'll have to wait until uh, late July to go see it at the outdoor retailer. Yeah, unfortunately, we're kind of like everybody else. We're gonna we're in a wait and see mode. But you know, the more I look at it, too, you know what kind of reminds me of. I know the bottom is not like it at all, but you remember that original ride? Yeah, the way that that original. Yeah. It it looks like some of the lines, like it kind of shares that. Which if it if it does, man, that boat paddled fantastic. That was one I of their. I really agree. That I mean, that's that's like right there with that original Tarpon 16. That's one of their, you know, old school models. It's an awesome paddling kayak. I mean, it's kind of forgotten about. But I wonder if they went and reached back a little bit and tapped some of those older boats and added some things to them. That that would be kind of a cool deal. I agree. I completely agree. You know, in my opinion, that's my that's my favorite style of fishing. You can't have enough enough boats in that market. I hope everybody makes one. <laughs> I hope everybody makes one, and they send them all to me, and I'll test paddle them. I'm putting it out right now. If there's any manufacturer listening right now, because I know they all do, because this show rocks, send me a boat. I'll paddle it for you. No problem. And you can post in the yeah, chat right mind. now. If you, <laughs> you can post in the chat right now if you accept. <laughs> But, well, I know we didn't have a guest tonight, and that was on purpose. That's because we had last week, we were supposed to have a guest on, and he couldn't make it this week. So we were just going to chat tonight. But next week, we are going to have Tobin Strickland from the Trout Support uh, DVDs on, and I'm really looking forward to that discussion. If none of you guys have seen the Trout Support uh, DVDs and you are a coastal fisherman, I highly, highly recommend it. This guy knows exactly what he's talking about. I mean, he's accumulated some of the best information that I've ever seen on coastal angling. And if you go over on, like, the Texas Kayak Fisherman website and you read a a forum uh, or you go to the Saltwater Forum, you will find a thread called the Trout Support Testimonial. It is pages upon pages of people just claiming that this, this, this DVD set has changed their fishing habits for redfish, for trout, everything. I highly recommend you guys go check them out. I've gotten, I've gotten to see a little bit of the DVDs, and I fully intend on buying the redfish DVD. It's, it's amazing. You can even go over to YouTube, look up Trout Support, and you can see small little eight, nine-minute snippets of uh, information from the DVDs, and it'll let you see how in-depth Tobin presents this information. It will completely change the way you look at coastal angling. And it'll also increase your odds of catching a lot of fish. There's a lot of people on the TKF forums that vouch for how well it teaches them. So I'm looking forward to having Tobin on. He's really looking forward to getting on here and chatting it up, and I hope... uh, 
I hope we get a lot of interaction in the, the chat room because I told him that we field live questions all evening and, you know, let him answer. So it'll, it'll be fun, man. I, it, that's like <laughs> I'd love to have the DVD before we went fishing with Clint in two weeks. That way, whenever we go, I can just tell Clint, nah, I don't need you to take me anymore. I'm just good, you know. I don't need to worry right. about you, Clint. Go, go home, Clint. But yeah, it'll be interesting to have Tobin on and let him uh, let him drop a little bit. Of, now he's not going to drop everything because you know that. Why would he sell a DVD afterwards? But he's gonna he's gonna give a lot of good info that will instantly change how you approach your fishing uh, at the coast. So I I recommend you guys come by next week and listen to what Tobin's got to offer. Uh, until then, you know, go over to troutsupport.com, check out his DVDs, and, you know, potentially, uh, you know, maybe pick one up. Absolutely. I mean, it, it'll help you out. So, Andrew, you got anything that you want to throw out as a reminder for everybody before uh, we get some demo info or anything if people want to come out? No, you can check out Demo Day Locations at ack.com backslash demo, or if you just go to ack.com, it's the the main deal on the website right now if you want to find out where where we're holding them over the next two weeks. Cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, come dress to paddle, you know, board shorts, tank top, whatever you want to wear. Uh, check the weather forecast before you come out. I think that we're looking at, I think Saturday is supposed to, it might be, uh, might be rainy. But we do it rain or shine, so... We enjoy it. I actually enjoy it in the rain probably more than the heat, so <laughs> I, I really don't care. But come on out. Have a good time. Get a lot of seat time in the boat. Speak to a lot of knowledgeable people in the industry. You know, we got a guy in the chat right now, Bobby Clark. He's going to be out there representing wilderness systems. He's going to have his tricked-out ride 115. He's going to have – I don't know if he's going to – I hope he brings out the boat he's mounting that Lawrence Elite 7 on because I want to see that piece of work. That's going to be sweet. But uh, – you know, come on out, try out some new boats, have some fun. And uh, other than that, I don't have much else. Uh, come by next week. Uh, we will have, again, we'll have Tobin Strickland on from Trout Support. Uh, we will be on at 8 p.m. next Tuesday. So uh, until then, get to paddling some demo, everybody, and uh, tight lines.